Hi. Hi. Now that we've been talking about tarot cards and that shit for hell of a long. And I've been falling asleep. There's no words. Whatever. Bella's favorite topic. Do you not use tarot cards? I do. But um, I mostly use it. Actually, I I shouldn't say mostly. I Well, yeah, I mostly use it uh, for spell work. Okay. So mm -hmm. I will use it in spells. And I will also use it as I'm uh, preparing for my spell work and devising my spell work make sure i'm on the right track you know all of that for some reason i have a loose rune in here that's very weird because i like never use my rune i kind of have it's like a this sign little, it's a sign yeah well considering i don't work with runes very much i don't even know what this fucking one means off the top of my head <laughs> what is it uh i would legit have to go look at it what does it look like i don't know okay. a fucking rune <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't know how, I would not know how to describe this shit. Kind of like a, I don't know, like a fucking plant? I don't know. <laughs> Where is my rune app? I have an app for this. <laughs> There's an app for everything. This is this one. Oh, I'm not going to try to say that shit either. Um, <laughs> Ballet? A-L-G-I-Z. Oh, L-G's, okay. Yeah, that. The rune of protection and opportunity. Ooh, it may be a sign. It's a sign. Why is it 93 degrees now? The fuck? It's supposed to be going down. Because you live in dumbass Texas. <laughs> so what are you going to get mad? If it makes you feel better, um, it is 61 degrees here. How does that make you feel any fucking better? <laughs> I'm freezing and you're not. You're freezing? Wow. That shit would feel amazing. You're crazy. Anything below that 75 degrees. makes you feel better. I'm, I'm totally fine over here. 61 degrees. <laughs> Everything below 75 degrees is breathing. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> I function really well between 72 and 74 degrees. Wow, I'm just really... That, that's where I need to be. 72 to 74. Well, sweet. Anything above that's too hot. Anything below that is too cold. So, today we are talking about the similarities between magical practices and certain religious practices. Yeah? Yes, and uh, how magic can be found in religion. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, fucking mad. Okay. <laughs> um, how magic is found in religions more than people realize. Dun, dun, dun. 
Let's see this <laughs> this week. So, who wants to start? Absolutely fucking Bella. Wow. Or at least somebody who did some research because mine is not real great. <laughs> I don't know well, a whole lot so, about it. So, well, the first thing, you know, that I thought of was actually probably the most obvious, which is prayer. Yes. So, um, because prayer, regardless of what religion you're talking about, you know, you are in essence asking the divine for aid. So, you know, a, a type of religious supposition, I guess you could say, uh, or supplication, I mean, excuse me. And, you know, some people consider prayers to be like a form of spell. And if you think about, you know, how prayer is conducted, you know, you are focusing uh, on what you want, but you are asking for somebody else's energy as opposed to your energy um, to manifest what you want. So, you know, there are a number of people that do believe that prayer is a form of spell work that's clearly blasphemous to, I'm sure, a lot of people. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Absolutely freaking agree. Because, I mean, like you just said, it's asking for the energy and the helpings of a divine being. And what is a spell? It's just words of us speaking to that divine or to that energy we need. So a prayer is, in my head, basically a spell. And this is going to sound blasphemous to a lot of people also, but I feel that the Bible itself is full of spells. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people feel that. I was going to say something else, but kind of wanted to elaborate on what you said. I mean, if you look through the Bible, for instance, you know, we've mentioned this before, the Psalms themselves are viewed by many to be forms of spells to the point that they're actually used in some magical practices because they are viewed as spells. Exactly. Um, and going from the Bible also, the different plants and herbs that they use for specific things are also I would consider spell work uses in there. I mean, look at the whole exorcism rite. I mean, it, that's one big fucking spell. That's one big ritual. Like, yeah. come on. Like, everything down to the tools that you use, the prayers that you speak, the gestures you have to use. It's one giant ritual. And then when you look at, for instance, like healing through prayer. Exactly. You know, you're talking about, you know, like I said earlier, instead of directing your own energy, you're using um, your will, you're, you're basically just asking another being to use and direct their energy to, to do the healing. Basically do the healing in his will, God's will, or, you know, any other religion, you know, the God or God, goddess's will versus your Whatever own. Whatever deity, shall we say. Yeah. But more specifically, Catholicism and Christianity, because because I think that's where a lot of people don't realize that it's there. I think it's a little bit less of a jump for paganism, you know, for people to consider magic within paganism, even though some pagans don't feel like they're practicing magic. Just, you know, some of these, the point being is that there's, you know, a lot of just about every religion has some magical practices in them that they don't, they don't even realize. Yeah, they're not even, they're not consciously i guess you could say aware of what exactly they're doing or what they're using or anything because if you think about it going to the bible jesus turned water into wine that was magical wasn't it yes so i mean people don't realize how much magic is in their religious beliefs or even 
non-Abrahamic things that are incorporated into Abrahamic religions that they brought from non-Christian, non-Abrahamic beliefs, you know? They moved all that into Christianity, so it would be easier for those who believed in multiple deities to convert to their religion. We have, we have Jesus, we have Mary, we have all the saints, which are all aspects of different deities from different paths that they've made so it would be an easier transition. Therefore, there's a lot of magical practices in the Catholic Church. And I say that because I grew up Catholic. There's so many different religious, like magical things in the church that they don't even want to recognize. No, no, they call it something else. And, and you know, that that's fine. But the way that they just want to, you know, be blinded to that is a little odd to me. You, you're basically describing the same exact of magical practice, but you don't want to admit, you know, that that's what it is. That's fine. You don't have to. It doesn't change the fact that it is. You know, going back to the healing, like, for instance, in the Roman Catholic Church, I mean, we've all heard how, like, people will get together to pray the same prayer. The Roman Catholic Church actually has a name for it. They call it storming heaven. But you basically, it's like large groups saying the same prayer to get something done. Well, didn't we just do something like that not that long ago for Black Lives Matter on the last full moon? Yes, yes, we all did. You know, it's it's not it's it's not that different. You know, it's it's using the combined energies. But I find it interesting that there is actually a term for it. Oh yeah, it's um, that's a I, weird ass thing. To say. It is weird. <laughs> It's absolutely weird, but like, you know, I remember growing up, they had a whole bunch of those throughout the church. Like every Sunday, they would say they were going to have the prayer group for certain people who needed it. And of course, my grandma was always in on those kind of things. There were so many different things that once I got older and I looked at and I was like, well, I just read the same thing in a magical practice book. It's exactly the same thing, but you're calling it this, and it's, I don't know, it was confusing, but, like. Yeah, it's semantics, really, at that point. It really is. Know? It's just, like, Calling oh. it something else, so therefore it's not. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. No, Don't call not. what it is. No. So, so another example is, I think it's just the Catholics that have this. Are you guys familiar with Stations of the Cross? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Hestia, you are? Are you? No. Are you? No. are. There's a state, uh, what is it, 12 stations? Yes, there's 12 of them. When I was in Catholic Sunday school or, you know, catechism, before our first Holy Communion, we had to learn it. And on a Saturday, we all had to do it. And you have to go under each station picture or whatever, how you have, whatever church, my church had paintings. And you had to pray to that station. And then move on. And contemplate. That. And contemplate. Every, you had to look and, at the And picture. relive, so to speak, what each of those stations represented. It basically takes you to, yeah. through a story, Hestia, where I think at the end or towards the end, basically, you reach the crucifixion. Yeah, it's the right? crucifixion. And I think the last station is the resurrection. The yeah. Yeah. The resurrection. Yeah. And so, but the mm-hmm. point of the Stations of the Cross is it is a ritual 
that is actually supposed to transform you. Yeah, because you're supposed to feel and take in the pain and the suffering, yeah. everything that happened from the time of the beginning of that persecution to the end to the resurrection. So you're supposed to feel every single prick and thorn and lashing that Jesus Christ felt. And when you're done, you are supposed to be transformed. You're supposed how, how is that not magical? How is that not a magical ritual or a magical practice? I mean, it, it really is because, I mean, I've seen how people feel after that. Like, they feel like they have gone through exactly what Jesus went through. They, I, I know a few people who've done the Stations of the Cross several times, and, you know, it makes them feel better because they feel that they're a better person because they can feel other people's pain. So, you know, it is, it's a giant ritual. It's kind of like back home, we have this every year, actually, I think it happened this weekend. We take a hike up to this place called Mount Cristore, and we have this giant, you know, Jesus on the cross uh, statue at the top of the mountain. And a lot of people will carry a giant wooden cross with them up this mountain, which is probably like a good two or three hour hike from the bottom to the top. And they will drag the cross all the way up with them so they can actually feel what Jesus felt. That's a giant ritual right there because you're putting yourself into that mindset transformation as Jesus did. So, And the way they prepare for it is a giant ritual with incense and oils and holy water and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you know, Catholicism in general, I mean, the entire concept of the Mass is a huge ritual yeah. one gigantic magical ceremony it really is and, and, and what is at the what is at the core and the crux of that ceremony transubstantiation that yeah, we both totally botched that word transubstantiation there you go yeah I, well I, you want to explain what transubstantiation is to the class basically transforming yourself to feel well no not yourself you know, when, when the priest raises up that wafer, the wafer becomes the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. There you go. You're, you're, you're basically yourself. You're becoming one of those prophets or Jesus themselves. Yes. Where Catholicism differs from Christian other Christian religions is Catholicism believes that that wafer, that bread or whatever, is truly becoming, transforming into the body of Christ. They believe that the wine is truly transforming into the blood of Christ. Would you ingest those? You are literally ingesting Jesus, the body and the blood. Yes. Gross. Is that magic? <laughs> it's is totally, that magic? It's magic, I think. Because, I mean, it's just funny because, like, everything in the church is that way. Along with, you know, like I said, the oils, the incense, the holy water, everything is a magical aspect to transform you yourself into the path or the way of a the one of the prophets or or Jesus himself. So going back to healing the LDS, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. So certain members of the church right, claim to have the authority or the ability or whatever to heal through a laying of the hands. And so they actually place their hands on the crown chakra to perform the healing. Do they realize that they're placing it on the ship crown chakra? I don't I don't know. But that is the method. And they the literature says that they see themselves as 
an actual conduit of the divine energy. Hello, witch. Yeah, exactly. All right there. Because I mean, like you said, they're using the crown chakra. And I don't think they realize that. I mean, they're Latter-day Saints, but do they realize that they're also using a point in a different religious path also, like Hinduism and Buddhism? And yeah, all of us witches use the chakra. A lot of us do. But I mean, it's the Church of the Latter-day Saints, but yet they're using a Hindu-Buddhist concept to do the healing. So in my research, I came across, you know, sticking with the uh, Catholicism, I came across a Catholic monk by the name of Elphias Levi. I don't know if that name sounds familiar to anybody, but even though he was a, a Catholic monk, he's actually most famous for his writings on magic and most specifically his writings on tarot and the Kabbalah. And so you'll probably find this interesting since we were just talking about tarot. Apparently, some of the quote-unquote traditional associations that people use in tarot readings today were actually invented by him, oh, by yeah? a Catholic monk. Yes. Well, I um, knew that at least, um, I haven't really studied Toth or Marseille, but in Rider-Waite-Smith decks, there's a lot of religious symbolism there in the Hierophant and the High Priestess and there's the devil in it. Uh, yeah, a lot of it is very, very, very much so based on Catholic belief. And he said, that, he said that not only did he get his information, a lot of his information from the Catholic Church themselves, but they offered him the information. You know, so, so here we have supposedly tarot is so evil. You're messing with the devil. Well, some of that apparently was encouraged and established, at least the meanings and such. By Catholicism. Well, it's That's funny that you see a bit of that. irony there. From what I understand, there's a lot of divination in Catholicism, but it's not really a known thing. Like I haven't done a lot of research on it, but I know that in the Vatican they do a lot of divination things with stone, uh, ruins, cards, all that stuff. I think, I think they actually use the crucifixes that they wear as pendulums sometimes from what I've read. I'm actually into the whole Da Vinci Code kind of crap. I know there's a specific library underneath the Vatican that is witchcraft and divination itself that they themselves practice and use. Like a lot of the Pope rituals in the Vatican themselves are witchcraft based and like you said they don't call them that but they do. They use a lot of it. And yet there's there's writings in there, you know, that are very specifically calls out things like the mage or the witch or whatnot, you know, that, you, that you're not supposed to listen, you're not supposed to follow them, you're not supposed to associate with them, you're not supposed to do divination. <laughs> but think uh, about it. A prophet, a prophet, someone who speaks to the divine through themselves or whatever means, isn't that also witchcraft themselves? A prophet would be considered a witch? or someone like so, that? So here's the thing, and I was going to say this is my theory, but it's not even a theory because it <laughs> actually says it in the, in the Bible, which is it's not so much that they're saying that, at least from what I've read, and I could be wrong, okay? I'll be, I'll be the first to say I could be wrong. It's not that they're saying that it's inherently wrong, that practice in and of itself. It's wrong because it's making taking you away from relying on God and you're relying on yourself or, or something else. And even the Bible says, I am a jealous God. Yeah. People always forget that section 
of the Bible. They, they forget that God or whatever, one, like you said, the verse, he is a jealous God. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to be number one in your life. Yes. Also, he's also a vengeful God. And nobody remembers that. So it's actually not that you shouldn't do these things because they're quote unquote wrong. You shouldn't do these things because it takes the attention away from him. Exactly. He's a selfish God. Can we say that? Does that sound like an asshole thing to say? He's like a needy girlfriend. (laughs) I mean, that's how I say it. I mean, that's how I see it, especially as much as I, you had to read the Bible like I did growing up, and you read some of those things, you're like, damn, dude, get a life. You're kind of a needy girlfriend. If there's a monk who helped create tarot through the help of the Vatican or the church themselves, then I don't understand why they find it so... Because it's being used without the assistance of God. But if you think about it, if you're using them from something that was created from the church, God is helping you read those. We also have to recognize the difference of how much of it is quote-unquote God versus how much of it is man imparting these things, claiming that this is what God wants or God, or what God doesn't want. Right. Well, like you said, it's a man who is claiming this shit. We also have to remember, the Bible wasn't written by God himself. It was written by men. They, you know, these are people who wrote this who are also using what we said, prayers or spells in their book. And let's also be really clear, too, that it wasn't just written by men. No, they were were women. There's plenty of books. No, no, no. No, that's not what I was getting at. It's not like all these books were written and put together. All these books were written but then in the, council, in the Council of Nicaea, they all get together to decide which books they thought were deemed worthy to actually portray to the world. Exactly, because I mean... It was a group of men that did that, not, yeah. not God, not anybody. It was a group no, of men. Because there's more. Here's the nerdy history part of me coming out. There's like another 40-some books or chapters or whatever you want to call them that they have found. The Apocrypha? There you go, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Look, between all three of us, we make one brain. See? <laughs> but yeah, like, there's like 40-some other scriptures that weren't even put in them, and half of them were written by women that didn't get put in because they were written by women, mm-hmm. and they didn't want those in there. They left out literally a whole chapter of Jesus's life. They didn't want people to read about the man who got married and had a family and shit like that. Like they literally went from him being a child to a teenager to a man who died at like 40 on the cross. They did 33. My God, miss. I used to be Catholic. 30 fucking three. Where's that? (laughs) Well, 40, whatever, close enough. But you know, he, you know, they literally left out his entire twenties. Because he was a teenager when he was turning water into wine and shit like that, you know? And they literally left out that he got married and he had a family. Because historically, the last name Sinclair is the bloodline of Jesus. Like, Really? Yes. And the last name Sinclair is Jesus Christ's bloodline last name. Wow. So so he went on to make paint? (laughs) Apparently. And what do you call it? And the Holy Grail is not a cup. The Holy yes. Grail itself is his bloodline. Supposedly. Or what's the word that we're supposed to use? Allegedly. 
allegedly. allegedly. That's me where I went on this whole historical thing because first of all, I learned a lot about that through one of my grandmothers who was into that whole thing. So there's a lot of things that people don't realize with the Bible, like you said, back going back to that. These men chose what went in it and what didn't, but apparently they didn't go comb through it fine enough to take all the magic out. Well, and so, you know, again, going back to the Bible, you know, you can look at, for instance, Moses. There's some that say that the reason why that those miracles came about was because Moses was a magician. And there are, there were books, what we now know, or what many, many magicians, known as the sixth and seventh book of Moses, but apparently these two books were said to have been given to him, revealed to him while he was on Mount Sinai. Uh, and they contain a total of seven seals and 12 tables that allow him to yield obedience from angels and spirits to basically manifest his bidding. So necromancy. Kind of. Throwing a little Nokian magic in there too, because you're working with, with angels. A lot of ceremonial magicians and witches who dabble in ceremonial magic use this book and turn to a copy of this book to perform some of their magic. You know, when you look at ceremonial magic just in general, much if not all of their texts and their rituals and their processes come from and are drawn from Abrahamic religion. So you take, for instance, King Solomon. King Solomon supposedly was a mage who was able to, with the help of angels, have a brass vessel with a special seal that he was able to call forth all supposed 72 demons that Catholicism or Christianity believes in and trap them into that vessel with the help of the angels, mind you, so that he could call on the demons to do his bidding. Demonology. Thus was born demonology, yes, or at least that version of demonology. But it's not just working with demons. In order to use the Goetia, and in order to use at least the, you know, the Solomon's magic, you also actually work with the angels as well, because the angels are supposedly what protect you. You work through the angels, through the Tetragrammaton, to form the magical circle that's supposed to protect you while you work with the demons. So was it, I, I took down some of the sacred words that I think a, a lot of us have probably heard before, either in movies or heard ceremonial magicians use it. In nomina pa tris et fi li et spiritu sancti. Supernatural, right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've, um, I watch Supernatural. <laughs> I've heard that a billion times. Straight from the Key of Solomon. I don't know. I, I just find it really interesting because, again, you know, some of the most hardcore magic, or at least in my eyes, it's hardcore ceremonial magic. It comes from the Bible and Kabbalah. And then yeah. speaking of the Kabbalah, part of Jewish mysticism, that's basically the Kabbalah uses magic also through the use of the divine and the use of the, the different angelic names and the Tetragrammaton and all of that. So when people say that there's no magic in, in Catholicism or Christianity or Abrahamic religions. Dude, it's all magic. <laughs> How about you sit there and pay attention to, you know, when you go to church on Sunday, pay attention to everything that you're doing during that time, whatever length of time you're in for an hour sitting there in mass, whatever religion you are, but it's just, you're sitting there and think about it. 
Think about what the priest is doing up there on the pulpit. Think about what you're doing there in the pews. The choir, they're singing psalms and all that stuff, and those are magical. Music is in a lot of practices. Certain notes in certain instruments or singing tones and stuff like that. That's, That's a magical part. I mean, everything, everything from the way you come in and sit yourself down in those pews. As a Catholic, I remember before we even got into our pew, you had to kneel, like, you know, kneel down, do the sign of the cross, and then you got to go in and sit down. And then when you got there, you had to kneel and do your prayer, and then you sit back down and wait for Mass to start. Well, that and they also light candles when they pray. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And we use frankincense and myrrh as the incense of the church. How many of us use frankincense and myrrh? They do the the asberging. Yeah. When they spread out the the holy water. You know, when you get some of that crap in your eye. Basically, when when you look at the methodologies that a witch uses, for example, and probably other magicians as well, for cleansing, purifying, those are all things that are used in church. Exactly. I mean, the smoke cleansing, the magic yeah, water, the water yeah. yeah, the holy oils for like, you know, baptism and anointments and stuff. You have baptism anointing. You have your first holy communion. You have your confirmation if you get married in a church. And then when you die, yeah. you get anointed. You have five phases that are five different anointing rituals. I have done three out of five. I would hope that you wouldn't do all five. That would be scary. Well, I didn't get married in a dead. church. I'm all, I didn't get married in a church, so. You're also not dead. No, I'm, I'm no. perfectly alive. But I mean, I've done three out of five of the Catholic things. I mean, I was already a witch when I did my confirmation, but I went through with it to make my grandmother happy. Did I agree with it? No. Did I have an awesome confirmation teacher who was like, I know none of you want to fucking be here or do this, so let's just do this to make your parents and your grandparents happy, okay? <laughs> That's weird. Kind of going on a little tangent here. I, I too, have found, I mean, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, I grew up in a Catholic household as well. I have some very fanatical Catholics in my family. And so there were periods of time where I had to kind of do the same thing you did, you know, just kind of go through the motions anyways. But what I found is that I have run into some Catholics, at least, I can't speak for full all of Christianity, but I've run into some Catholics, at least, that are open and honest about their history, meaning their history of Catholicism. And I actually learned quite a bit of the pagan connection from a priest who had absolutely no problems telling me that these things are pagan. Catholicism took them and adopted them in hopes, in hopes to be able to win over the, the people at the time. But I'm not going to pretend that these are not pagan because they are. And I was very appreciative of that honesty. I wish more people would be like that because because it's it's not a secret. And so when I see people try to deny that or, you know, just try to be in complete denial that this is true, it's why. Exactly, dude. Like, well, I mean, okay, 
this is gonna sound weird, but like one of my favorite movies is The Mist of Avalon, which shows how Christianity or Catholicism in general transformed and moved pagan things into their things so they would acclimate to that religion quicker. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the Virgin Mary is supposed to be Lady Morgan. I know it's just a movie, but it shows very well how they did that in the medieval times, how they, you know, transformed everything slowly so that the pagans would follow with it, their traditions. Right. It's a long-ass movie, and it's very, <laughs> it, it, it's a great movie, but it, it, it's one of my favorites because it does show, you know, at the end, it shows her going to the church, you know, Lady Morgan, to the church to see a statue of, you know, herself as the Virgin Mary. You know, it's an exact replica of who, of her, but it's posed as the Virgin Mary. So there's a, another, another thing I want to bring up, and I don't know if this is quite magic per se, but I'm going to go with it anyways. The actual pentacle, a pentacle is actually used in Christianity or at least Catholicism. Yeah, it is. What, what, what is seen as the sign of Satan or the sign of the devil is actually used in the religion itself. How people don't recognize that or put two and two together is honestly beyond me. There are churches in Europe, I believe it's Europe, where it's clear that there's pentagrams on the church, on the entrance of the church. Yeah. The, the five-pointed star is supposed to represent Jesus. It is actually, it is in the Europe, European, a lot of European churches, actually, it's literally on the front door or on the archway as you enter. Yep. It's supposed to be represent the Son of God in the sky, or I think that's if I remember right. Come on, guys, let's go smoke. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, actually it is. Um, and It's also in... Well, not just like Europe, like in London and stuff, but like in a lot of Irish Catholic churches, it is also. I also think, if I remember right, it's also in a lot of Norway churches also, uh -huh. along with like Celtic knots, which yep. are used for magical practices. But yet a lot of the churches in Ireland use them on as decoration for their churches and their crosses. It's just, like you said, like the pentacle, it is, because it's not just a regular star that's on these front doors or archways. It's a star within the circle. The point is, you all are practicing more magic than you actually think you are as you keep pushing everything away that we shouldn't be doing, but yet you're still doing it. I guess because religion has actually been one of my my passion like not passions but like interest because i like i'm like gonna tell you i'm like a hestia on this point i always want to debunk shit when it comes to the religion and how people like oh no oh no we didn't take that oh yeah okay or like when people quote the bible and they misquote it i like to do the history dive of what the language back then actually meant before you interpret it to these days, especially during like Christmas time when people want to get quotey about the Bible verses during Christmas. First of all, Jesus was not born in December, people. Well, the reason why they celebrate it in December. Oh, the solstice. Uh, Never mind. Yule. Yeah, to align themselves with Yule. 
Religion has just always been my thing. I like to pull apart, especially when it comes to Catholicism versus paganism and witchcraft. It's interesting how there, there seems to be more and more Christian and Catholic witches. Yes. And it seems like a contradiction. But when you look at it, when you look at it this way, it's actually not as much of a contradiction as you think. No, it absolutely isn't. <clears throat> I mean, look at fire. And we'll talk to her later. Fire is a perfect example. And I absolutely hate when she gets so much crap from both sides because those are clearly the people giving her crap that aren't well-versed or educated on the historical transformation of the religion. Well, and all the, like we've been talking about, like all, all the magical practices that actually are inherent in those religions. Exactly. That nobody wants to admit. And to, to kind of veer away from Abrahamic religions for, for a second, even pagans who say they don't practice magic themselves also don't realize that within their own pagan religions, there are a number of pagan religions that have mag magic as well inherently embedded into their practice. Exactly, um, they do. You know, witchcraft itself is not a religion, and there are certainly witches that don't claim or affiliate with religion, but religion, on the other hand, is more affiliated with magic than they claim to admit. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh -huh. I'm sorry, yeah. it's true. It's so true, though. Like, I, I guess that's one thing that actually brought me away from being a Catholic is because it was so contradicting to themselves when they're trying to banish you from using magic or being associated with it and every day the more like I educated myself the more I was picking apart shit and it got to like at one point I remember getting in trouble because I leaned over to my uncle and said something to him and my grandma heard and she yanked my ass up and took me to the cry room and was like, what is your problem? You need to be quiet. You're in church. And I was like, I was just saying to my uncle what I had just read, which is what they're doing, what they're telling us not to do. The By the way, I'm sorry. I, I just have to interject with something completely unrelated. Go for it. People may notice that I take a drink every time I smoke because I can't stand the taste of cigarettes. So. Oh, yes. Because you know that shit makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> And I'm, yeah, I know I smoke a lot, people. I'm sorry, but that is the one vice I do have because I can't drink because I'm allergic to alcohol and I don't do drugs or anything like that because I have a job that drug tests me. So bear with me. me, like, yay, drugs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so bear with me on my vice. Yeah, please don't. I mean, I guess you can comment if you want and tell us all to stop smoking, but it's not going to yes. happen. We need nicotine patches. We know that. Don't but worry. We're not I, do I tell them all the fucking time. They don't fucking listen. So if you're bored and feel like wasting your time, then you can tell them that. Mm -hmm. You don't know how many I think times. I'm going to just start hexing their fucking cigarettes. Like they're going to explode in their faces or their lighters are going to pop and flare up <laughs> and all that extra ass shit. Yes, we get told at least three times, four times a month by Hestia that we have smoking problems. I even have better it. ideas. She does. We're not denying it. We admit it. <laughs> Gross. Oh, please, you smoke too. Yeah, but I smoke weed. Weed. Just smoke. Yeah, smoke weed. <laughs> I would if I could. And besides, what episode have we not heard the bubbling in the background? I didn't yeah. ask you, Bella. <laughs> smoke your rat poison and leave me alone. I like my rat poison. Thank you. Gross. Yeah. 
It's part of my magic. Okay. Is it? Is it? Is it Bella? It is. Is it? it is. Are you sure? Yes, because <laughs> what? You know what? Because <laughs> because what I do is I take you know the tobacco that's left over and uh -huh. I save it uh -huh. and I add it to my apothecary. Uh -huh. And I yeah, uh, you know, you know how else you could do that? You know, you know how else you could do that? Grow a fucking yeah, tobacco plant. I could do that. I could. And then yes, you just have real raw, raw, actual tobacco, not tobacco dipped in arsenic and rat poison and all your <laughs> ass shit. She's using tainted ass shit over there. And then, and tobacco smoke is offering. Oh yeah, there you go. What's your winter gross ass fucking? <laughs> like I want real tobacco, Bella. Get the real shit. What is this? Like you can smoke raid if you want to. I don't want this. I want legit tobacco. <laughs> See, y'all don't need to message them. I do enough. They're not gonna listen. They're gonna be doing the same fucking bullshit next week. Next week, um, like an hour from now. Exactly. Okay, yeah. where were we? Magic and religion. What about you, Hestia? I don't know. I I have not thought, how do I want to word this? My stance on religion is very, it, I don't like it. Like, I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really try to spend too much time on it, but I can, I can see how a lot of the shit they do is, I sound sick all the time anyway. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, contradiction is part of the Abrahamic faith. Like, that's just what they do. They contradict themselves all the time and I get some people aren't gonna like to hear that but guess what you fucking do it because that's it's part of your book like it's part of your teachings like it they teach you to be okay contradicting yourself and for the most part I don't really have a problem with that because there's gonna be times where I say something and there's gonna be times where I don't stick to that like I contradict myself too we all do mm -hmm. but when you put it in the form of a religion and you and you put it on a pedestal and you act like it's infallible I have a problem with that because as people you're flawed and you're going to contradict yourself but you need to be open about that and instead of telling people not to question it think about why you're why you're doing it that way so like y'all were already saying i don't have too much to add on it this is just kind of my opinion on it as far as what you guys were saying with the whole they they do it and they ignore it or they completely shun it even though they're doing it and they talk mm -hmm. down about it i take it as I expect that of them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I expect you to do something and then turn around and shun other people for doing it because they're not you. It's just, it's like the holier-than-thou feeling that comes with being Catholic. And, and no I mean, pun I intended. It, you know? And, and I get that there's going to be Catholics that are like, wow, fuck you. But seriously, get a mirror and look at yourself and look at all the shit you're doing. <laughs> and how how can you really truly honestly just not question that there's so or at many the very least or at the very least how can you judge others yeah but again i that's why i don't really speak on it too much because i just expect it i expect to be judged by them for doing the same things they do because that's yes. what they do like they just call it something different and so now yeah, it's okay like so you know what the that's same what faith as do. me but you're doing the same shit as me but since you're not the same faith as me it's wrong how about this if i stopped using all the vernacular I used to describe myself today and I, I no longer use witchcraft or, or divination or any of these words. I just said that I'm Catholic. Nobody would question that. No. Nobody would question anything I fucking do. If I'm just like That's I'm true. Catholic and I'm over here fucking using incense and fucking lighting candles and, and, and doing things like that. Um, now it's okay. Yeah. No, nobody would think otherwise of it. They're just like, oh, she's typical. 
like that's what they do no shit bitch that's still what i do i'm just not catholic like i I don't know again it kind of goes back to a conversation i had with somebody where it was me wearing the atheist face and then wearing the theist face and we just kind of that's when you really know that you're solidified in who you think you are is because you just can't quite comprehend no matter how it's explained to you you can't comprehend it any other way that's fair that's very true and like Mm -hmm. i said that's when i really was like you know what (laughs) i'm good like fuck all religion like i can't do it like i just no i knew this episode was going to be um kind of a quiet one for me just because uh i only know about i mean i feel like i know a little bit about most of them but not enough to really speak on in depth and do like uh in-depth comparisons but i can say from growing up in a catholic type setting uh like nobody was Nobody in my family was really overly religious. Nobody was really overly, like, I wasn't pushed to go to church. I almost never went to church. And when I did go to church, it was of my own free will as a teenager versus being forced my entire life. Like, my mom, I think, only went to church on, like, special occasions. And even then, it wasn't regularly. Like, she didn't go to every Christmas mass. She only went to Christmas mass when she was around her parents, you know, stuff like that. So I don't have too much firsthand knowledge of what they do as far as during mass. I've only been a couple times, but from what I did go, it, I was like, this is weird. Like, what? why are y'all doing this if you don't believe in this? Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but again, I'm kind of of the mindset where I don't really care what other people do. So if that's what tickles your fancy, do it. Um, I don't give a fuck, but don't tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. <laughs> When it's the same thing you're doing with different titles. Yep. I do I do think back and find it very weird that there was a point in time where I willingly went to church like three fucking times a week. <laughs> Damn, girl. Yeah, no, I, I really was like in it. <laughs> I was in it to win it, yo. <laughs> I was really gonna was. be saved. I was going to heaven, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> girl, dude. That being crazy. Dude, I used to go, I would be there, like, I would get to church early and shit, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Like, can you picture, like, I had, like, this short little phase. Here's a little backstory about me a little bit. So when I was, like, an early teen, like, 13, 14, 15, I was bad. Like, I was bad as fuck. I didn't listen. I did what I wanted to do. I was constantly in trouble. And then I did the same from, like, 17 to, like, 25. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But there's that little gap in there uh, where I was, like, saved. Like, I wanted to do right, and I really tried to, for, like, a year to really just do good. You know, I was like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to change. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be one of those people. And I shit you not, I would go to church three times a week. I went Sundays, Tuesdays, and Saturdays. I was there for two services every Sunday. So, yeah, um, I, I was in it. Like I was even in in a program where they would go and preach to kids in juvenile hall where I, that's where I found the church that I ended up going to. I had got arrested and was in juvenile hall and the church that I ended up joining was the one that did like the sermons for there. I talked to the pastor like one-on-one and he was actually like hella cool. Like I stayed in touch with him for years into my adulthood. Um, 
he he damn near became like a father figure to me he actually would talk to the da and, and judges and the people that worked at the juvenile hall and like put in good words for me and be like yeah you know she she's joining my church she's doing this like it like he benefited me to know and so i don't know if that played into it but i mean even as a person like he was a really good person so i really got into it and i even started like preaching at the juvenile hall with them wow yeah, can you, right? Like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really like, they were talking to me about going to like, what are those little church colleges called? Like where you go to like a seminary? seminary? Yeah, yeah. Seminary. They were like, they were talking about that shit with me. And then I was like, oh yeah, no, not that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Plus then I just started making bad life decisions again. <laughs> Damn, Judy, I'm not going to church on Sunday and going to catechism on Wednesday sucks ass. But see, when I, when I made the decision to go to church myself, I didn't go to a Catholic church. I went to a non-denominational Christian church. I'm not going to lie, like, I liked it. And if I were to ever subscribe to something like that, I would, I would absolutely go right back to the exact same one, like, to that specific church. Because not only were the people that there, they were actually really cool. Like, the setting and everything. It, it wasn't, like, no uppity-ass church. It wasn't Catholic Church. <laughs> and, you know, so so that was kind of my experience with it. And and yeah, once I started studying different practices, I, I noticed that there were so many similarities and so many overlaps. And I was like, wow, because this is something that they, at least in my experience, really, really kind of preach against. Again, it goes down to them not even being able to agree with themselves. That's why there's so many different kinds of Christianity. Like they can't even agree. <laughs> On, on what one book says because everybody wants to add their own spin to it and like no they meant this but yeah I, I feel like having this conversation amongst ourselves is nice but I really wish that I could have this conversation with somebody who is just 100% anti-witchcraft anti-paganism anti-everything I like a, just a real generic catholic person like you know what I'm talking about like just a really generic mm -hmm. white yeah. Catholic woman who's anti-witches and is scared of everything witchcraft to have this conversation with somebody like that would probably be incredibly entertaining I think you know I think demonology plays a lot into that into the fear of all of that you know because of the bang-up job let's face it that Catholicism and Christianity did in establishing the whole idea of evil yeah you know when, when you yeah. look at the old testament when you look at like the earlier jewish in particular literature religious literature they actually did not have a satan they did not actually have something representing evil what they acknowledged was that it was all god the good and the bad that even the bad that happened to you happened because God wanted it or felt that it needed to happen to you. The concept of Satan, the personification of Satan, didn't actually happen until, what was it, the 5th century? I think it was. Yeah, century. That and the concept of hell. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's what kind of, you know, and everything kind of, you know, tumbled and, and went from there. And so, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, taking the focus away from God and taking the focus away from relying on only God and not yourself, and not anybody else. And so, again, tying that 
into the magical practice because you are no longer looking to God to do that. You're looking to yourself to to empower yourself to do that. Now that's evil. I, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of what kind of started everything or at least where things got really, where everybody kind of got on the bandwagon that all this shit is bad that you're doing and equating and dumping all of that onto it's evil. It's all evil. Anything that is not on the focus of God is evil. Magic being one of those things. Witchcraft being one of those things. Not because of what you're doing specifically, but because whatever you are doing is taking the focus away from him. And that's what's making it evil. And, you know, how right is that? To me, it's not. No. I, I suppose to Christians and Catholics, it's right. It's not. And I mean, well, going off the whole Satan and heaven and hell thing, I think I read like the whole concept of heaven and hell was also taken from the Norse pagans, where, you know, if you're a good warrior, you go to Valhalla. But if you're a murderer and a rapist, you go to Helm or something like that. That they took that concept of how the Norse pagans divided up their dead on of their worthiness, took the concept of that and made hell. And then you know the devil's gonna freaking do whatever he wants with you, put a pineapple up your ass or something, you know? Yeah, I totally referenced <laughs> Little Nikki. I'm sorry. But if you think about it, I believe that, that was a Clyde reference. Yes, I did. I made a Clyde reference because we both watched the same retarded, like dumb movies. But yes, but like if you think about it, I think the concept of heaven and hell came during the time of them trying to get the Vikings to convert. And that was what, fifth, sixth century, something like that? I couldn't tell you. I'm too lazy to pull up my family tree to even look. Okay. And we have a special guest today. Yeah. Our guest today is Miss Fire Queen. Hello. You want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Just kind of, you know, who you are, yeah. what you do, why you're so special? Kidding. Well, I mean, you are special. So I'm Fire Queen, and I am a Catholic witch, which is kind of an interesting path. I don't take the normal Catholic witch path. I take the path of my own, kind of. Yes, I do worship God, and I believe in him first and foremost. But I also believe in other pantheons as well. I do work with the um, Hellenistic pantheon, mainly Athena as my matron. I don't have a patron yet. I haven't felt any, like, call to any other god or goddess, really. And so we have seen and known that there are certain religions particularly that I think are a little bit more controversial than others when it comes to also practicing witchcraft. And what better topic and subject is there than Catholic witchcraft? And so fire, and just, you know, give me a second here, fire, because a little shout out to you. So uh, one of the things that that we love about Miss Fire Queen and why we have why we want her here today is because not only is she a Catholic witch that can help represent this topic much better than any of us can, but she does so with such grace. And we talk a lot about how we are sometimes condemned for our beliefs, for our practices by other faiths, by other people just in general. But a Catholic witch in particular, not just Christian witches, but Catholic witches even more so, get hatred even from within. And she deals with that with very much grace. So, 
Miss Fire. Didn't mean to cut you off, but if you want to kind of just share a little bit about kind of what it means to be a Catholic witch. So pretty much like what it means to be a Catholic witch is you still have your religion, which is Catholicism, and you do do your worshiping and you do do your honoring to God and stuff like that. I do go to Mass every Sunday. Well, when we're allowed to, but I do go to Mass. I do try to participate in all the events with the Catholicism. Like, I do participate during Lenten season. I do participate during Advent. Major things like that. But at the same time, I do believe that that's not the only way to go. I do do a lot of witchcraft. I mainly do divination. I'm a tarot reader, and I work with crystals, and I do light magic. Like, the way, I don't call myself a light witch, I call myself a gray witch. Because even though they believe, my main belief is, you're not a witch if you just do light magic. Because it's really hard to just do light magic. Everybody has feelings, everybody has emotions. So I always find, like, I do more gray. Do I sometimes dabble a little bit in the dark magic? A little bit, but really, I really try to tend to stay toward the lighter path, toward, like, working with angels, working with gods and goddesses. Well, actually, um, though, you know, that, that's really great that you say that because, you know, again, I think we've said it several times. I know I say it as often as I possibly can, which is the whole light-dark thing. That's all relative, too. So what one might consider dark to one person may be light to another. And so by you saying gray, you know, to me, that is you are just more in tune with yourself. You are recognizing that within yourself, that you're not perfect, that there are things that that might be labeled more quote-unquote baneful, but they may not be to you. They may be completely justified or they may be, you know, something that, that needs to be done. And definitely, I agree. It's really hard. I don't think it's really easy to say, oh, I'm just a left-handed path or I'm just a right-handed path. I don't believe, I believe you can be one or the other, but it's really hard to be just one. I feel like no matter what, in some ways, you're always going to be dabble in both. And so gray witchcraft to me kind of like meeting in the middle it's not completely one it's not completely the other it's that middle ground of where you know what's acceptable to you and what you're okay with but at the same time there's other things like do you sometimes feel like cursing we we'll use cursing i personally don't believe in curses but if i feel like i need to do a curse for someone to leave me alone then yes i will do one just for that not to have them have any harm on them or anything bad like that but I believe like a curse, any kind of cursing to me is more toward the black rock. But if I feel like someone is really damaging me, like my soul, or is very toxic to me, and I seriously can't get rid of them, then yes, I will do a small curse on that. And I think that's relatively something that a lot of people would do. So can you talk a little bit about how you work with angels? Because I'm assuming, I'm going to assume that you're not referring to Enochian magic, but you are working with angels in some form or fashion. So Correct. the funny thing with the angel thing is the only angel that I really, truly work with constantly is Lucifer. And I find it funny that it's him that I work with because as you all know, he's a fallen angel. But pretty much when I feel kind of like in my darkest days, I feel like I can reach out to him and kind of understand what I'm feeling. And I kind of meditate a lot with that one because I feel like, I don't know if any of you guys have worked with Lucifer, but Lucifer is like that angel that really makes you think 
for yourself. He doesn't kind of try to teach you bad or harm. He wants you to think for yourself. So I, I think that's actually awesome. Really awesome. The, especially from somebody coming from a Catholic perspective, which or not, because you know, Christianity is really the only ones that actually, or I should say Abrahamic religions are the only ones that actually view Lucifer as a fallen angel, as opposed to just an entity or an angel or a higher being. So I think that's really interesting, you know, that, that you do recognize that and, and recognize because, I mean, look, what does his name even mean? It means light, illumination. So absolutely, I very much agree with you. The other angel that I've just started kind of starting to work with has been Lilith, who also is kind of a fallen angel as well. And Lilith is more of a, um, I don't know if many of you guys know about Lilith. So Lilith was supposed to be Adam's wife, but she didn't agree with Adam's ways of views and stuff. She wanted her own kind of thing. So she kind of got like kicked out of Eden for that. And then, so she's known as a seductress. But I see Lilith as a different light of what I see Lilith as, is a woman of strength and a woman of just cause. She's feminine in so many ways, obviously, but she's very original and she's very much about being herself and being strong. And I really find her as a really good idol for women who have their own insecurities because she doesn't let you have those insecurities. She kind of like deters you from those insecurities. Totally agree. And actually, exactly. you know, again, same thing when you talk about the non-Abrahamic perspectives, that's the Abrahamic perspective that she was Adam's first wife. But if you look at other literature outside of Abrahamic religions, you know, she actually has several different origins, one of them being, you know, potentially Sumerian. And you're right. And that's how she is viewed. You know, she represents empowerment. So that's really, really awesome. You know, you're you're really quite enlightened, my dear. <clears throat> Very much so. Especially with the Lilith story, because I, being a former Catholic growing up, got in a lot of trouble in Sunday school for bringing up the fact that Adam had another wife before Eve, and that yeah. she wanted to be equal, and there, that was a whole other ball game for me. But I love the whole point that you bring up, because for me, myself, going from being a Catholic to a Whig, I, I, I totally, like, connect with how you flow and how you work. Thank you. Yeah. I kind of have a question. Do you ever feel like any conflict with working with Lucifer considering in the Abrahamic faith he's always the enemy? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. There's times that I question myself, like, is this really my path? Is this really what I want? But a lot of times, like, when I first started down my path, I kind of prayed a lot to God and wondered, like, give me a sign that this is the path for me. Shockingly, I'd gone to church, like, the same week. One of the priests there was talking about, like, different paths and how we should always be welcoming other paths and that we can't be the judgment of them and that someone else's path isn't our path. And I think to me, like that was a really big thing for me was, wait, I just asked for you to help me and this is what you brought to me. As of with Lucifer and Lilith both, I do sometimes reconsider like this a really strong thing on that because a lot of people are like, oh, well, you work with Lucifer, then you must be a, a darker witch. And it's like, no, actually I'm not because I work with Lucifer. It's I understand him. I just happen to relate more to him than other ones. I am sure that you've, well, I know because I've already said, you know, that you get sometimes criticized, I think, from within our own community of not just being a Christian witch, but, you know, being Catholic specifically. How do you deal with that? I 
try to inform them exactly how it is to be a Catholic witch and inform them that, yes, my path might not be the same as you, but regardless, it is a path that I choose to be on and it's a path that I believe in. And my path isn't the same as everybody else's. I'm okay with being unique. I do remind people, like, in the Bible itself, there's a lot of witchcraft in there that a lot of people don't want to admit to. I mean, for God's sake, God is able to make a blind man see. God is able to make wine out of water. Well, and there are a lot of people who claim that the Psalms themselves are spells used by Moses in particular. Exactly. Like, and I think that's something that people don't realize is like, even praying, like praying is a form of meditation for me in, in some ways. Like, I don't see it as a spell, but I definitely see it as praying is a form of meditation because it's the one time that I'm actually down and I'm actually thinking of what's in my mind and actually saying it out loud or saying it in my mind and envisioning myself speaking to God and envisioning myself taking the actions of what I'm thinking. So I know that some people use the argument that it's impossible for a person to be a witch and a Catholic or a Christian because the Bible specifically states being a witch is a sin. And they usually refer to that one passage where it says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live or something like that. What do you think about that? A lot of times I think like a lot of things that, have, that are said in the Bible, I think you have to take it with a grain of a salt. Obviously the Bible was done a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure what century it was done in. And I think growing up and moving forward you can either believe every single thing that you read or you can kind of see the lines between it. That particular line I see as saying don't go toward evil, kind of go away from it. I don't think all witches are evil. I don't think all witches are bad. Is there some that I think are not so good? Yes. The irony that I find when people make those kinds of statements is that, wow, you sound just like the Bible thumpers. No offense, uh, you, but you sound just like the Bible thumpers because you are taking snippets and putting whole new definitions to that when, number one, are you looking at the entire passage? And number two, like you said, is it really be meant to be taken literally? There's a lot in there that is more obvious than others that are simply parables, simply metaphors. And so why is that then, that section a metaphor and this section now you're taking literally and you're not Christian, but you're trying to tell a Christian person that what they're doing is wrong. I could never understand that. I honestly don't get it myself. I think like a lot of people are like, have dealt with Catholicism and Christianity throughout their lives in some ways. So they understand, so like you said before, Bella, is I do kind of get crucified in both directions in a way. Like I can't tell my Catholic family that I believe in witchcraft. At the same time, I have people in the witchcraft community that have crucified me in ways like, oh, you're not a true witch. I had a roommate that lived with me for like four years who also said the same thing. Like, how can you say that you're a witch if you believe this? So it's kind of both ways, I guess. I guess it's how you pick up on it. Yeah, like I said, I just find it the ultimate irony that somebody outside of a religion, any religion, tries to tell a person of that religion that they are wrong about, that you can't do that because your religion says this. I don't believe in your religion, but your religion says this, so therefore you're wrong. Okay. Yeah, and I so think like a lot it? of those people are people who haven't really done their research 
Like before I literally went on this path, I went back and forth for a few months. I researched stuff. Like I said, I don't just work with angels and God and the saints. I actually don't work with saints. I take that back. I work more with the Hellenistic pantheon because if you look at the saints in the Hellenistic pantheon, the gods and goddesses in Hellenistic pantheon is very much similar to the saints themselves. That's For example, Athena is the goddess of wisdom. St. Thomas is the saint of wisdom. So it's like, that's kind of like where my viewpoint went. I grew up, I got into Greek mythology, I think, when I was in sixth grade. And it was just something that stuck with me. And I, every time that I could take a Greek mythology class, I would get really in tuned in it. And it was like the one thing that really spoke to me when I started looking into witchcraft. And I found out like you could do that. I was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. But it wasn't until, I think, my first week of actually researching and looking into witchcraft and, and Catholicism at the same time, I almost gave up. Well, it wasn't until I was dreaming one night and Athena came to me in a dream and was like, don't give up. You got this. And she even said, like, if you really want to learn and you're pair-hearted about wanting to learn, then I'm more than willing to be here and lead you on your direction and lead your way. And ever since, I've worked with Athena since then. That's really awesome. That really is. That's an amazing experience. I don't know. For me personally, I mean, I... I don't claim to be a religious person. I'm not a religious person. I don't have a particular religion that I say I'm this or that. My my workings with any type of angelic beings or deities or anything like that, whoever they may be, are not in a worshiping type of fashion. You know, I've, I've made that comment several times. Nonetheless, I've always, very for very, very long in my life, have felt that religion, formal religion, regardless of what it is, is just simply our human expression of the spiritual world that we inherently know is there, exists in some form or fashion, but because they developed in multiple different ways, but that they really all are saying the same thing. The part that I get irritated with is that when it comes to Christianity, if you if I use that same statement and include Christianity in that, a lot of pagans and witches and, and various magical practitioners take offense to that. And I think, unfortunately, it's because of, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know it's because of all the condemnation that has come from Abrahamic religions against non-Abrahamic beliefs and practices and stuff. But does that make us any better, though, that we then turn around and isolate them and say, oh, everybody's the same, and, and yes, and we're all the same thing, except for you, Christians, except for you, Abrahamic people, because you guys suck. You guys don't know what you're talking about. It's like, why is that suddenly, how are they suddenly different? I also have a question. When, when you're working with both a religion that is very much based on there's only one how did you learn to accept not only i mean how do you differentiate that like since the bible is very me only me give all your attention to me 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 <laughs> and then you know you got other pantheons that are very much so i only handle this one aspect there but there's many of us like how do you combine those two completely different polar opposite beliefs so with God, I worship him. I don't really work with him. I worship him. As in, I pray to him, I thank him, and stuff like that. Whereas with other pantheons, like especially with the Hellenistic one, like I said, I work mainly with Athena, is I actually work with her. And the way that I see with Athena is if I give a little, she'll give a little. Whereas with God, he doesn't give anything into the very end. 
in my opinion. Like, yeah, he gives me hope and stuff, and I believe in him, and I trust in him, and I follow him. And first, I follow him, but I worship him. But I don't actually work besides him like I do with Athena. And it takes a while. Like, it took me a while to actually fully open up to my capacity to actually work with another pantheon because I was really nervous. I was like, oh my God, this goes against everything I believe. And then I started easing into it really slowly. So it wasn't like something that happened overnight. It's something that you have to figure out how can you agree with it. And like I said, the way that I see it is if I can work with saints, then why shouldn't I be able to work with another pantheon? As far-fetched as that is, that's just kind of how I kind of looked at it. Oh, dude. Like, I mean, you have your own thing. And when I first met you, I saw right away, when I first met you, I saw all the criticism you got. I think, like, you were one of the first, like, few posts that I actually read and stuff and i saw all the ugliness people gave you like all of it and i wanted to just go on there and tell people you all came from a different walk of life before you hit this path so let's not like get all bitchy about it dude for real i was so mad not mad but like put off a little bit about by joining the community because i saw all these people criticizing somebody else over their belief when i've come from the same background i grew up a strict freaking catholic irish catholic nonetheless and i also grew up in a hispanic community so being catholic and witchcraft went hand to hand in our community because you have Santeria, Brujaria, all those other things that you combine Catholicism and witchcraft with. Exactly. So I didn't understand when I saw all these people just talking so much shit to you. I'm like, dude, do you guys not realize there are two other portions of witchcraft that go hand in hand together like this? And you're giving this poor chick this attitude? And do you not realize that the prosecuting that you are so upset about that Christianity has done to you, you're sitting there doing it right now yourselves. Exactly. And like, like, I could actually, I felt like I could probably tell my grandma at some point that I practice witchcraft and she would be understanding of it. Yeah. However, that would mean saying something to my sister too. And because of that, I kind of shy away from it. That's I feel like my grandma, as being as old as she is, she's 90 for God's sake, is more open-minded than my sister who is 38. And that's because she's a born-again Catholic. I'm sorry, a born-again Christian. So, so I want to take a step back a little bit, you know, because we, for obvious reasons, talked um, a bit about Christianity, Catholicism. But, you know, just, you know, I want to talk a little bit about just religion in general as it, as it pertains to witchcraft. So, you know, you've heard, I say this a lot. And I, and I think you've heard the other two say it quite a bit as well, which is witchcraft is not a religion. Witchcraft is a magical practice. However, there are many people that do have a religion and choose to incorporate their religion. So as with many things, I'm going to backpedal on that statement because I will admit that there are a number of people who do view witchcraft as an actual religion. And everybody's entitled to have that opinion. But, but nonetheless, you know, what I... What I kind of want to touch on is there's there's many of us that don't view witchcraft as religion that it that they are really in many ways quite separate. There are parallels in what happens in witchcraft, parallels with religion, you know, especially because of the the love of nature and and you know just a lot of the innate spiritual things. Because even even though I don't consider witchcraft a religion, I do consider witchcraft to, to be rather spiritual. It's kind of hard to not be spiritual on, on at least some level, but it's to me, 
religion really is something that one can use to, for lack of a better word, enhance their witchcraft or just simply incorporate it into their witchcraft. What are your guys' thoughts on that, religion and witchcraft, or religion versus witchcraft? I'm kind of with you on this one. I don't believe that witchcraft is a religion. I believe that's something personal to you. I definitely feel like, yeah, you can definitely put it into your craft, your religion, but I don't feel that witchcraft is part of my religion. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. I mean, witchcraft is not, it is not a religion and i've never myself read or seen it classified as a religion unless you are you know those some of those people who think that that's that's what it is it's a religion there's a difference between christianity paganism and and witchcraft because those are all set those are all i guess you could say all set in stone you have to follow these rules and these guidelines and these and this and that so no it is not a religion witchcraft isn't you can incorporate some of that stuff in to your practice, but it doesn't necessarily make it your religion. And I think we all have different paths. I think we all believe in different things, especially riches, how one might work with one deity, another person who works with the same deity may do something completely different. And I think that's Well, and then there's people that don't work with any deities at all. But then there's those who do like spells on a constant basis or do moon witchcraft or lunar witchcraft is what it's actually called. And I don't know where I got moon witchcraft from, <laughs> whatever. But those who do like lunar witchcraft and some who don't really do that. They'd rather sage their stuff and cleanse it instead of using the moon to cleanse it. Like there's so many different aspects to do stuff, I think, in witchcraft. And there's no right way or wrong way. Whereas with religion, Mm -hmm. there's very dominating of what is right and what's wrong. Well, and for me, I think that's why it's kind of a no-brainer from my perspective that you consider yourself a, a Catholic witch. Because to me, it's, I mean, even the two words are separate for a reason because catholicism that's your religion witchcraft is your magical practice and so i don't see the issue with combining those two it's no different than saying i am a hindu witch or i am a pagan witch or i am a zoroastrian witch i mean there's no difference to me so that's why it's a little odd to me that people get so emotional and angry when you hear the term Christian witch or Catholic witch combined, it blows my mind. Yeah, like I, think- I said earlier, I to me it was it was second nature to me, especially my growing up and them talking out of their asses, excuse me, but talking out of their asses to her about her past, but yet they're going over there. The people that would talk out of their asses to her, I've noticed they were the ones that would force their views on everybody else, like the threefold thing. So when I finally realized that their opinions didn't mean anything to me and i think in a lot of ways especially with witchcraft i think they grew up in a catholic or christian family that didn't have open minds and so they didn't know how to deal with someone who did have an open mind like to them it was all like wait a second what the heck you can't believe this because i live with this family and they don't believe it so how can you and i think that's the biggest thing was they didn't know how to deal with an open mind So I'm going to agree with you, and then I'm going to go off, okay? Because the reason why that quote-unquote excuse grates on my nerves is because, dude, the majority of us came from that kind of background, okay? I came from a hardcore Catholic background. Parts of my family are 
fanatical. And I mean fanatical. I remember going over to my cousin's house one time with a friend, mind you, I was so fucking embarrassed, excuse me. But walk in the door, my cousin comes up to me and anoints me with a cross on my head with an oil and does it to my friend. Not even saying hello yet. I'm like, you guys are fucking fanatic freaks, okay? So I get all of that. But you know what? It's like, that's like a child beater saying, well, I was beat as a kid, so I'm going to turn around and beat somebody because, you know, that's how I was raised. Get the fuck over it. That's no excuse to me. Just because I get it. Our kind, and maybe you in your life, you were prosecuted. That's fucked up. But what does that have to do with the price of tea in China and what Miss Fire is doing of her own free will? What does that have to do with anything? Who the fuck are and, you to And tell another her? thing, another thing too, kind of spinning off of what you just said about somebody touching you with something and anointing you with oil. A lot of that, a lot of the shit they already do is really witchy shit, like anointing right? things with oil. And you right? have holy water versus moon water. And you uh, use uh, in, incense for cleansing the, the space. And, and yeah. Like, Seriously, like it's the same shit. Like you're already doing it. And I know like when people talk about making holy water like in other communities that I'm in. And it was really interesting to see like the difference between their holy water. I think they call it more called blessed water than they do with holy water. So and that but I'm like that's still the same concept as holy water to me. Like it absolutely is. Well, and actually a lot of people still call it holy water. I mean, a lot of people refer to Florida water as holy water. Yeah, they do. But I mean, even even just sanctifying water in any yeah. form, just plain ass water, like moon water, is just plain ass water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there's nothing, there's nothing to make it smell any kind of way or taste like anything. There's nothing, and it. it's just water, just like holy water is just water. You just charged it. Whatever you felt like you were doing to it is what you did to it. But at the end of the day, it, it's a form of just water. Whereas kind of Florida off, water is kind of a perfume. Kind of to go off of what Hesia just said, as many of you guys know in witchcraft, is water is a symbolization of purification and cleansing. So during our Lenten time, one of our big things that we do is on Fridays, is on Good Friday, we have a service and anybody who's being anointed for that coming up baptism, Easter Sunday, or Easter Vigil, is actually the next day, they have someone come and cleanse their feet to wash away any imperifications of them. Then again, Easter Sunday, they're getting baptized by water to wipe away any imperifications. So I find it interesting how like Catholicism has that water of purification and how witchcraft did as well. So I found that very interesting where it was like, hey, there's another form of witchcraft in Catholicism. I got this. Yeah, the candles, the the rosary beads, like they're they're the just altar. so yes, the freaking no. altar. Like <laughs> it's just there's so many things. It is and, and oh, not I mean, to mention, there are full-on magical practices that incorporate the Bible. Voodoo, hoodoo, yeah, Ruharia, Santeria. Yeah, there's so much. And yeah. it's just... I mean, I get the anger. I really, really do. I get the anger and the resentment. But if you really want to win a quote-unquote war, if you really think that there's a war, then you know what? Then stop acting like the people that you are so against. 
Because well, another another thing is too a sign of intelligence is being able to accept new information when given it and Thank alter you. your opinions based on new information. Like me, for example, I went from religious to agnostic to atheist to whatever the whatever fuck the I hell am you are now. now. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> whatever this is. I am still of the atheistic swing. So I don't use gods in any way, shape, or form. But my point being, I came into this with a very strong atheist output. Like, I kind of inflicted that on other people, too. Like, well, that's just what you believe. And I kind of came into it like I couldn't wrap my head around how somebody could be any form of Abrahamic religion and a witch. Because I'm like, okay, they hate each other. <laughs> like, not to mention a lot of people come here to get away from that dogma and that judgment and that pressure. Like I said, I just, I couldn't quite wrap my head around how somebody could even want to be both, more or less actually be and practice one because I'm thinking in my head at the time everything you do for one would counteract the other because I just wasn't willing to accept new information on that but actually it was through talking through to fire because remember I talked to you about this like sometime last year like I said I like to learn stuff so I'm all about getting more information and the more information I got I'm like okay it makes sense and that's what works for her I had to change my stance on that based on the new information I got and part of what I'm saying by saying all of that is instead of sitting there and being a dick and being like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, how would you feel if somebody told you you can't do what you're doing based on their own opinion, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's good or bad? What if I told you the threefold law is wrong and you should never do that? You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. That's wrong. You're going to look at me like, the fuck's wrong with her? Why do you even care? <laughs> And that's and how we look at you. That's how we look at you. Like, what the, how are you going to tell fire what she's doing is wrong? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. And it's funny that you talk about the threefold law is I feel like that's something also kind of coming off of, maybe not off of Christianity itself or Catholicism itself. You know, thou shalt not do harm to another or whatever. But that is actually one of our commandments is thou shalt not do harm to another. And yeah. I found it interesting of the threefold law. I was like, well, I guess I could be Wiccan, but I don't believe in all that. Like, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's there. It's just not for me. I my, my theory, my theory on that is that because because it wasn't part of Gardner's original writings, that when people like Doreen Valiente, when they took his writings mm -hmm. to create that, I honestly, wholeheartedly, in my heart, believe that part of that was a little bit of a marketing ploy to get Wicca more embraced by the general community and show, hey, see, we're not that different from from your religion. We want the same thing. I mean, um, there's always going to be similarities anyway, because so many things were incorporated into that as far as holidays and shit. Exactly. But, to, but to kind of play off what you said with understanding the anger, I understand it too, probably more so because I'm atheist. So I, I understand the anger of not wanting the Abrahamic influence on what I'm doing now. Like I, you can ask, you can ask anybody in my studies and stuff, like when there's books that are recommended to me, if I look through them and there's a lot of Bible references, I'm like, this isn't going to work for me. I get it. Like, I get the people who are like, no, keep Christianity far the fuck away from my practice. I get that. I'm the same way. But that doesn't mean I get to inflict that on other people. 
it's none yep. of my business and i think that's the one good thing about witchcraft is we all come from different things and we all have a different background i think there's some people i know who were muslim and they become witches and they still incorporate their muslim religion into the witchcraft which i found very interesting i don't think i could personally do it honestly not gonna lie but i found that interesting that, that that was something big and i was like wow that's really interesting and i really acknowledge that person because of the fact that i don't know if any of you guys know much about the Muslim religion, but it is really strict. So yeah. I found it kind of really interesting was here she is coming from a Muslim background and she's able to put in her own beliefs. So I guess kind of like the same thing as me in a way. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty much the same. Like anytime you incorporate a religion that is seemingly against the other part of you, like that's going to be on that person. And honestly, I personally think that when it comes to both somebody's practice and somebody's personal beliefs, whether it be organized religion or the lack thereof, I really think that both of those things individually are so incredibly personal. So when you combine them, it all of a sudden becomes like really sacred to who that person is. And that is when you really need to mind your own fucking business. Because that's like telling somebody some really deep shit about their family and you don't know them. You're crossing lines that depending on the person could really backfire on you. <laughs> Because I know people that if you try to tell them certain things, they're going to punch you in the nose, <laughs> like directly in the face. Because there are some things that it, it's really out of line to speak on to somebody else. And, and I think this is a really big one. Not to mention Fire is a really, really amazing person. And I can pretty much feel secure speaking for everybody on this podcast. If you fuck with her, you fuck with us. Right. <laughs> like I love her to death and I have her back 100%. So don't 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 fuck with us. Don't try. Yeah, it. don't yeah. do that. No, don't mess. Don't <laughs> mess. We're we're gonna get you. It don't matter. We'll get you. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, Gypsy's a nice one who's saying that. Yeah, I'm a nice one, and when I'm saying that, there's a problem. So, watch You know, I, for the longest time, I really thought that it went, like, from meanest to nicest. I thought it would be, like, Bella, me, and then Brandy. But it's really, like, me, then Bella, <laughs> then Brandy. I'm just not quite, I don't come across quite as dark, but don't be fooled. They know me behind the scenes. They know me behind the scenes, and I, just, I can, I'm just more I think I can honestly say I'm the meanest one <laughs> i'm just more mature yeah I think I'm, I'm, petty. I'm young and i'm spry and i'm petty and i'm easily angered so you can it's okay i think i'm I medicated and i'm older that's my problem i said i think i'd have to say i'm probably the nicest yeah oh yep. for sure that's yeah. not oh yeah Okay. <laughs> I've, seen, I've, I've seen how you talk to people you when i get irritated i can't be nice but you girl when you're irritated you are still sunshine and fucking rainbow saying probably oh, nicer <laughs> probably nicer yeah i'm like props to you fire makes baby kittens look mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My look mean. Yeah, but, but you're one of those people where the nicer that you get, it's like you know that she's getting angry because she's getting geez. like she's really trying, trying really hard to be nice to you and you're pushing it. And I honestly feel like if you get on her bad side, you're automatically on mine because it takes a lot. I've seen it. Like I've witnessed people slowly get on her bad side. And once you're there, I feel bad for you. Right. <laughs> It's really hard to get back from there. There's no going back. You might as well just walk away. But anyways, <laughs> had to go off on a little tangent. It wouldn't be our show if we didn't, I guess. 
That was a good tangent. You're getting out wet. What? I did my bed sheets today. Well, my one blanket, like I can't dry because of the material. Well, she decided to lay down on that blanket. Oh, cat. Anyway, we always have to have cats. We should have an an episode just on cats. I don't have a cat. (laughs) You don't want my cat. She's rude. She brings you dead things. Bella would love that. I know. She brought me dead bunny. My cat brought me a freaking dead raccoon. Wait, what? Yeah, my Lily brought me a dead raccoon. What'd you do with it? I threw it out in the trash. No. No. Why'd you do that? I need it. (laughs) So close, honey. So close. And she lives like 25 minutes away from me, too. I could have just went and got that shit. Wow. <laughs> Look, I was trying to find no damn He's like, I'm not keeping fucking roadkill for you. <laughs> Girl, I've been you know, hunting for roadkill. Max, do you, you know what Max brings me? Fucking asshole. Max brings me big ass dead cockroaches. That's the only bug that I won't collect, <laughs> and I don't need. And he and he tosses them around like like they're fucking toys, like balls. Hey, you're the one that wanted to live in Texas. <laughs> oh, I guess it wouldn't be an episode without me talking shit about Texas or Florida either, huh? <laughs> Sorry. No. Whatever. So yeah, no. My mind when she was like, he plays with balls. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> I love how me and Brandy said that shit at the same time. I have to actually get, because I need to run to the store. I just realized I'm on a toothpaste. Wow, our very first (laughs) guest ever that's like, I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? We should have expected this because it's fire, and she is literally always on the go. We are actually recording this while we are on break from the season because this is the first time in months that she's even had a day off. I know, right? For <laughs> the real. We had to come out of vacation for her. She was late, and now she's leaving. She's <laughs> like, bye, bitch. She's like, I graced you with you bitches with my presence. Well, I'm glad we were actually able to get you on here finally, even yes. if we did have to come out of vacation to do so. Hey, it was awesome because we finally got her on. Yeah, it's not my fault that I'm always on the go, though. Whatever. She's essential right now, so we have to take what we can get. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. It was worth it. She threw us a bone. We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we will wrap it up and let her go handle her shopping and harass her cat. Well, Fire, before you go, did you want to give any social media contact? Do you want people to contact you? Do you want to stay anonymous? You can always contact me on Amino. I also have an Instagram, but I don't know it, so give me a second. Let me look it up. Wow. <laughs> Just let I'm you know all how the busy time. she is. She's like, I have one, but I don't have time for this. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Oh, it's Fire Queen 1984. That was so hard to remember. <laughs> well, Thank you for coming on and letting people know that you can, in fact, make religion with witchcraft and mind your own business. And mind your own business. And leave her the hell alone. Yeah, please. Because if y'all come for her, you come for us. Yep. You don't yep. want these problems. We love our fire. Well, thank you for coming. We were I was really ready. excited. And when Hestia messaged me, I'm like, yes, I'm taking this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's it. And... I guess we will see you guys later. Yay, I'm not good at this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to practice. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.